Capital Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. New Gallup poll out. People are really worried about crime. Believe it's getting worse. You got the inflation numbers out today. People worried about crime. Sounds like the Carter era to me. True international average of pressure. More oh, on, boy. More on that coming up. Stay tuned. Similar dynamic leadership, too. Well, I've had it, Captain Kerr. All right, Mr. President. Well said. Do you remember the incident last summer during the Black Lives Matter uh, generated, aided riots and burnings and arsons and lootings? Call them protests if you like. They were indeed partially protests. When a young man by the name of Kyle Rittenhouse went from uh, the very edge of Wisconsin into the very edge of Illinois, and with uh, a, a number of his friends and kin were armed and decided to protect private property and administered anybody who was hurt in the, the rioting. Mr. Rittenhouse, 17 years old at the time. Uh, I said at the time, and I uh, continue to say, the idea of sending teenagers into a situation like that armed is idiotic. It's beyond unwise. He ended up, uh, through a variety of circumstances, which we will be describing in a moment or two, shooting three people. Two of them died. A third was hospitalized. And the mainstream media reaction was swift and practically unanimous. And why don't we start there with what we are told about young Mr. Rittenhouse in clip 64, please, Michael. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A 17-year-old kid from out of state, a boy from out of state, drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots and kills a couple of people, uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like uh, rent-a-cop. And it's not good that a 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. All right. Uh, number one, their fixation on crossing state lines I find highly amusing. I don't know if you've ever crossed from Wisconsin into Illinois or vice versa. There's not much ceremony or to Or any other state to any other state. <laughs> you go from one cornfield to another one. Uh, anyway, so uh, while I maintain that it was probably unwise to have, well, it was There's definitely not unwise. much ceremony as you go from California to Nevada. There's no paperwork. Welcome instance. to Nevada. Dun, ta-da, 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 ta-da. You don't have... You don't have to sneak across like it's the southern border. Of course, you don't have to really sneak across that border either. You just walk in. Shouldn't be joking. This is a very serious story, but you make a good point. People pointing out that he went across state lines seems to be a major factor. For some oh, it's reason. hilarious how they play that up. Yeah. So uh, what happened that evening is uh, is somewhat in dispute, although if you've watched the videos, and I have, I've been into this case, it is absolutely infinitely clear that Mr. Rittenhouse's defense, which is self-defense, is going to prevail. There's just no question about it. And that was going into the trial. The trial now is underway, and the one victim who did not uh, die, one Gage Grosskreutz, was being cross-examined by the defense attorney talking about why he got shot. Let's begin with clip number 60, please. With your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him advanced on him 
with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Okay. That takes care of that quote-unquote victim completely. Uh, but there was more to it. Well, that, I was think- the, that guy's like the star witness, though, right? For the, uh, for the prosecution. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's a prosecution witness. And the prosecution witness. He's the one that's going to put Rittenhauer in jail for the rest of his life, saying, no, he didn't uh, He didn't fire until I pointed my gun at him. Right, exactly. Uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead. This, this contains that same clip, but it's a longer version that's worth listening to. Clip 61. That's a photo of you, yes? Yes. Okay. Um, that's Mr. Rittenhouse? Correct. Okay. Now... You'd agree your firearm is pointed at Mr. Rittenhouse, correct? Yes. Okay. And once your firearm is pointed at Mr. Rittenhouse, that's when he fires his gun. Yes? No. Sir, look, I don't want to... Does this look like right now your arm is being shot? That looks like my bicep being vaporized, yes. Okay. And it's being vaporized as you're pointing your gun directly at him. Yes? Yes. Okay, so when you were standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Probably worth mentioning at this point, Mr. Grosskreutz was illegally carrying that gun. He'd been arrested for felony burglary. He'd had multiple convictions uh, for domestic battery and that oh, sort really? of thing. Oh, really? Didn't know oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on to another one of the victims. Not, not sure Not sure that testimony from the guy who got shot fits in with the whole domestic terrorist commentary we were hearing from the cable news channel pundits. No, not at all. If you look at the videos of that night, and there are quite a few of them, uh, Mr. Rittenhouse is running around saying, who needs medical help, who needs medical help, until a number of people decided that he was the bad guy and should be beaten and targeted, and they chased him and tried to beat him with skateboards and that sort of thing. So that uh, domestic abuser and a multiple arrestee testifying for the prosecution more or less made the case for the defense. But what of one of the, what of one of the victims who didn't uh, survive... Um, whoops, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong article. I have so much information in front of me. Uh, that would be 36-year-old Joseph Rosenbaum of Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, convicted child molester, by the way, who is who had been to a hospital the day of the shootings, treated for a suicide attempt, and then was out on the street that night attempting to bash in Kyle Rittenhouse's head. As a convicted child molester. Wow, are there any, like, normal law-abiding citizens hanging out on the street? I don't know, but uh, the the prosecutor here is cross-examining Richard McGinnis, who was a photographer who was close by the action and saw it all, as they say. Clip number 62. I mean, you have no idea what Mr. Rosenbaum was ever thinking at any point in his life. You have never been inside his head. I'm sorry, that's the defense attorney right now. I've never even, I've never exchanged words with him, if that's what your question is. So your interpretation of what he was trying to do or what he was intending to do or anything along those lines is complete guesswork, isn't it? Um, well, he said, F- you, and then he reached for the weapon. 
So the defense, I'm sorry, the, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was the prosecutor. The prosecutor is trying to get this photographer to say, you don't know what Mr. Rosenbaum was thinking or doing. And he said, well, he said, F you and reach for the weapon. So, yeah, obviously he didn't like the one guy and he reached for his weapon. That's what he was doing. So the, the poor prosecutor, you know, I want to get to the prosecutor and why he's doing what he's doing in a second. But here's a different witness, Ryan Balch, testifying about the actions of the suicidal child molester out on the streets in a riot, Rosenbaum, clip 63. I stepped in and told everybody, chill out, calm down, stop doing that. I turned and had an exchange with one of the protesters. And I kind of explained to that protester, hey, you know, I get it, get what you're trying to do, but like not this. And when I turned around, Rosenbaum was right there in front of my face, yelling and screaming. And I said, dude, back up, just chill. I don't know what your problem is. And he goes, you know what? If I catch any of you guys alone tonight, I'm gonna kill you. And he said that to you? Correct. Did he say that to the defendant as well? The defendant was there, so yes. If I catch you guys alone tonight, I'm going to effing kill you. The third victim, a Mr. Huber, whose name I don't have in front of me, uh, is the guy, if you've seen the video, seen on a video chasing Rittenhouse down and attempting to bash in his head with a skateboard. Uh, at uh, And after a couple of good smashes with a skateboard, that's when Rittenhouse shot him. He was known around Kenosha's skateboarding community, and his girlfriend uh, said skateboarding was his life. He'd served a pair of prison stints stemming from a family conflict, including choking his brother in 2012. So you had a bunch of violent, unstable people looking for a chance to effing kill people. They ended up getting shot by a 17-year-old who was in uh, completely over his head. So, you know, as Tucker Carlson uh, wrote or said recently, you know, after the testimony of that Gage Grosskreutz who said, yeah, he only shot me after I pointed my gun in his face, um, the trial's over. I mean, everybody ought to say, you know, we're wasting everybody's time here. I apologize to the jury. Sorry about that. You would go home to your lives, the rest of it. Um the prosecutor in Kenosha, and I got it backward, he went from Illinois to Wisconsin, but again, there's not a lot to either direction. It doesn't stand out in your mind, but um, <laughs> the prosecutor had to, for political reasons, with no case, I mean, he has no case for murder. They had to trial a 17-year-old, this so-called white supremacist. Joe Biden, on the basis of no evidence whatsoever, called Cal Rittenhouse a white supremacist. By the way, wow! Uh, during the campaign, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. I, that uh, I wish we'd everyone from all political angles would learn a lesson on commenting on any of these shootings before the evidence comes out. Ayanna Presley and uh, Ilhan Omar, U.S. Congress people, somehow uh, describe Rittenhouse as a white supremacist, domestic terrorist, based on zero evidence whatsoever. But this prosecutor, he has to prosecute him. So none of the serious charges will stick. It's practically impossible. Practically impossible. They might get him for some sort of reckless endangerment charge, some sort of token he shouldn't have been out there with a gun, blah, blah, blah charge, um, which, you know, that's fine. Um, but there's absolutely no chance of a prosecution. This is purely, this is a political prosecution, which we're not supposed to have in this country. Uh, you know, Tucker also made a big deal of the fact that one of George Floyd's good friends is posting on uh, 
on Twitter videos saying, take pictures of the jurors, take pictures of the jurors to make sure we get justice. Trying to threaten a jury, which is a federal felony. I wonder if anything is going to happen there. Wow. So that's just your, uh, you know, your, your update on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. It is, if the topic were not so serious, it's nearly hilarious. I mean, it's straight out of my cousin Vinny or your favorite comedic courtroom drama where the prosecutor says, and why do you think he shot you? Well, because I pointed a gun in his face and said, I'm about to kill you. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Everybody laughs. Whoa, no, 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 no. That's not what you What? I mean, it's just ridiculous the trial is being held at all. How about the random backgrounds of several of those people out on the street? That's something. That's quite a yeah. collection of uh, humanity. Right. And it, it, it wouldn't be as relevant except that the scenario was a bunch of dangerous, you know, can't fit into society criminals were out there past dark participating in a riot looking to smash heads. And you know what? It's a peaceful protest. Right. Sure it is. Um, that's the sort of person who does that sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. And they would have absolutely beaten Kyle Rittenhouse into unconsciousness, coma, or death uh, had he not shot them. Absolutely. That doesn't mean a 17-year-old ought to be out on the streets with a rifle during a riot. I wouldn't recommend it to my kid. Nope. Um, Ant-Man is the world's sexiest man, according to People Magazine. Check in on that. Also, people are worried about crime. You know why? Because there's crime to worry about. All kinds of things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos jokingly threatened actor Leonardo DiCaprio yesterday on Twitter after a video surfaced showing DiCaprio talking with Bezos' girlfriend at a gala. What a scandal! DiCaprio was talking to a woman over the age of 30? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, pretty cute, but he's not the world's sexiest man, according to People magazine. Which a magazine is a website that they print on paper for some for reason. some reason. Anyway, this year's world's sexiest man is Ant Man, Paul Rudd. I'll be darned. Funny guy. Usually, funny, funny guys don't become the world's sexiest man. I looked it up. He's five ten, one seventy. Very wow. average sized dude. Kind of an everyman kind of dude. Very funny. World's Sexiest Man, according to People Magazine. There you go. Boy, the boy next door, maybe, with a sense of humor. Completely non-threatening. Oftentimes, the world's sexiest man is kind of, yeah, you know, you don't know if you'd want to leave him alone with your wife or your daughter or whatever. Not Paul Rudd. You'd have Paul Rudd over to do anything. Sure, sure. You'd say, ah, oh, we're out of ice. I'll run out to the convenience store and get some. Before you know it, your wife is on the couch with Paul Rudd. <laughs> Oh Making God. him do lines from Ant-Man my, while they make sweet, clandestine love, and then I am just going to get ice. My point was, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would do that sort And yet of thing. he would. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. All right, fine. He's married to a very normal-looking woman and got a couple of kids, so seems like a decent dude. Terrific. Um, should you vaccinate your five-year-old? I mentioned this end of the show yesterday. I wanted to bring it up again because a lot of people have these questions like I do. Wall Street Journal had a couple of doctors on, wrote a piece, said... Um, it's very low risk either way. The uh, the data that's out in terms of the risk of the vaccine is incredibly low, 
But the COVID risk to your five-year-old is incredibly low also. And they go through the stats of how few kids have gotten hospitalized or died from it. Practically no one in a year and a half. So, uh, But to me, if it's a very, very low risk either way, why get the vaccine? Well, right. I guess, right. If, I would, you, I guess if you have to, to have your kid in school, you do. Well, right. I, I suppose if, if the facts are as you just presented them, then I don't see any compelling reason to have the kid get vaccine so he doesn't spread it to grandma's, the classic answer. On the other hand, uh, there are a number of people, and I just I want to tip my cap to y'all, who believe that uh, adverse reactions have not been reported to this vaccine because there's such enormous pressure to get everybody on board. You know, uh, you know, get in the line and march in that direction. Everybody get the vaccine. We got a pandemic. It's killing millions of people. Normally, we'd say, yeah, it seems like 1% of people have this reaction, but the stakes are too high. We can't discourage people. Hmm. So, yeah, there's been some whitewashing. I don't know how much. I think some of you are a little overblown in your fears, but um, I have at least some sympathy. Given the half-truths and untruths that, uh, for instance, Dr. Fauci has hurled at us uh, through these many months, Hail Fauci, hail Fauci. And I thought we'd heard this before, but the Pentagon officially announced yesterday China's Navy is now the largest maritime battle force on the planet, surpassing the United States, and they're going to uh, have a new aircraft carrier set sail in February, this coming February, which will make them even further ahead of us in terms of being the dominant naval force on Earth. If you miss a segment of the Armstrong and Getty Show, you can get Armstrong and Getty On Demand where you get podcasts or just go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have a new Gloria Allred. Fans of the Armstrong and Getty Show know that we used to talk about this lawyer, Gloria Allred, because her head would pop up anytime there was any uh, high-profile crime or opportunity to make money, actually. And uh, she was always there. Maybe she's too old now. The well, she really injected herself into the Me Too thing a, a few years ago. True that. The new one of those, though, the new guy that's always on the scene, if there's a big story in the news, Benjamin Crump. Oh, he, yeah. Trayvon Martin, George Floyd, whoever's involved, it's always going to be Benjamin Crump. I'm seeing him up on the TV right now over the uh, crushings of people at the Travis Scott concert over the weekend. Apparently, he sees a payday and a chance to be on TV every single day. So, And, I mean, not that something horrible didn't happen. Something horrible happened, but mm-hmm. um, he is uh, becoming a very, very wealthy man, is always figuring out what's the hot story that every news station is going to want somebody to talk to about. I'll be the guy for this one. Right, and whether he's hired by anybody or not, right, he'll claim to be uh, representing uh, several of the victims informally at this point. But he gets on TV. Yeah, he's really good at that. Yep, there's money in that sort of thing. Uh, it seemed like there's one more thing I was going to mention. Uh, we'll get to the crime stats that I promised. Gallop out. It's it's uh, at, at peaks since they've been following this people's attitudes about crime, which is not surprising because crime is at peaks for as long as we've been talking about it. Um, yeah, there's a story out of San Francisco. I was going to get to that a little bit later. The San Francisco Chronicle actually posed the question, do San Franciscans just have to accept burglaries and barricade themselves in their home as part of city life? Oh, and the way this whole vaccine mandate is going to work starting January 4th, 
They're going to count on whistleblowers. You can call them whistleblowers. You can call them snitches who work in the cubicle next to you. Um, That's what the government OSHA is going to count on to make this whole vaccine mandate thing. Biden's idea work. Your coworkers telling on you or telling on their employers through the courts. True. Right now it's on hold because the courts say you can't do that. Yeah. It's unconstitutional. But anyway, stay tuned for more of that later. You want to talk about a sweeping uh, bit of governance that has very, very spotty support. It's a good example, which leads us to the the unspeakably large, evil, and ill-advised Build Back Venezuelan plan. Biden administration calls it the Build Back Better plan. You know, I, I have a number of angles I want to talk about this story from. And and I'm tempted to spoil it in advance, because that's what I do. I'm a fun suck. <laughs> it's my belief that the, uh, the radical wing of the Democratic Party, the Progressive Caucus, Jayapal and the squad and all those people, they want a crisis. They want to cause a disaster. If this decimates the economy... Causes a debt crisis, rampant inflation, that's when they can tear it all down. So talking about how ill-advised this legislation is, obviously that doesn't counter, counteract what they want. I think it's, it's valuable to let people know what's happening, but they don't think this will work out well. They're, they're quite the opposite. Anyway, thought this was really interesting. The human infrastructure, Build Back Better plan, or as we've taken to call it, Build Back Venezuelan. Um, uh, the premise of it is people are really hurting out of the COVID, really hurting, and we really need to invest in our people to, uh, you know, compete with China in the 21st century. A pathetic attempt to get conservatives on board. Uh, the official child poverty rate has never been lower than it is right now. The official child poverty rate was 16.1% in 2020, up from 14.4% in 2019. Uh, Otherwise, one must go all the way back to 1978 to find a rate as low as this year. Uh, In particular, but, but, it's much lower than that. Because, and Jack's been big on beating this drum, the official rate does not count non-cash benefits or refundable tax credits as income. And it doesn't take into account the long-term decline in taxes. Uh, so, specifically, there are all sorts of government benefits that the so-called uh, poor people get that are worth money, but the government doesn't measure those mm-hmm. as if they on don't purpose. exist. Right, on purpose, of course. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the official measure, the Census Bureau publishes an annual, quote, supplemental poverty measure that addresses these shortcomings. By this metric, the child poverty rate was 9.7% in 2020, lower than in all of the previous 11 years for which the Census Bureau provides such estimates. Researchers at Columbia University have estimated that this supplemental measure uh, would show going back to 1967 that it's never been lower since then. They confirmed that the 2020 poverty rate was lower than ever before. Even among single mothers and their children, poverty has declined dramatically. I, I got to believe that, it, that that if you worked the numbers in the correct way, we've got the least poverty we've ever had in our nation's history. Yes, that is correct. Which yeah. is the perfect time to spend another $4 trillion because people are hurting. How many right. times do you hear about people, kids going to bed hungry and people starving and this and that? People shouldn't starve in this country. What are you talking about? Yep, yep. 
And uh, just one quick note to that point. Uh, I, I appreciate, appreciated this analysis from the Wall Street Journal. Because the way the subsidies for the free child care, the government-run child care, the pre-K are structured, for each year that a child uh, that a couple has a child under five, being unmarried could save them over ten thousand dollars annually wow. in child care costs compared with being married. Just like the Great Society in the sixties, probably accidentally. There are strong, gigantic financial disincentives to being married or staying married. The government is going to give you an extra $10,000 if you tear apart your home. Or you don't get married. You know, granted, you could be living together. But as one sage puts it, uh, you know, you're living together and you get married. Uh, it was a woman. She was asked. Her friend said, it doesn't really matter, does it? She said, oh, it, it didn't change anything. And it changed everything. Hmm being actually married. A uh, single mother earning 75% of the median household income in her state would pay nothing for child care, regardless of how much the child's father earned. But the father's income counts if he's legally part of the family. And so they'd lose $10,000 a year. Nice government program. And then finally this, um, in case, you know, in case you actually find somebody fairly moderate or whatever who thinks, no, this is a good investment in our people. Here's a basic fact. People like getting stuff for free. And I think this may be, yeah, it was Jonah Goldberg writing a, a few days ago in the dispatch. Ask most people, do you want a fancy new Mercedes? They'll respond, yes, but ask them to pay full price for it, and demand drops dramatically. Now hold that thought. Bernie Sanders upset that the Build Back Better package is stalled. Poll after poll shows overwhelming support for the $3.5 trillion Build Back Better legislation, which is shrunk. And the need to lower prescription drugs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bernard Nash- Sanders. Uh, that's the man. But as National Review's Charles Cook wrote, Sanders' statement refutes itself. In the next paragraph, the Vermont senator says, Polling also shows that despite President Biden having introduced his proposal months ago, a majority of Americans have very little knowledge as to what's in the bill. As Cook rightly notes, it's odd to simultaneously claim a bill is overwhelmingly popular and that a majority of Americans have no idea what's in it. In 2016, Vox pulled Bernie Sanders' uh, proposals for national health care, nationalized health care, and free college tuition. They didn't pull the general public. They pulled Bernie Sanders' own supporters. Not surprisingly, respondents liked the idea of single-payer health care. But when asked if they'd willing be willing to personally pay more for it, two-thirds said the most they'd be willing to pay in additional taxes for free health care, two-thirds of Bernie's supporters, was $1,000 per year wow oh my god 83 dollars per month i have been convinced by a couple of smart people on podcasts that i listen to uh issue polling is worthless it's worthless so much of our attitude and policy is based on it but it's worthless for what you just described right you ask bernie's supporters do you think we ought to have nationalized health care and they say yes practically to a man slash woman slash neither Uh, But then when you ask them how much uh, they'd be willing to pay, two-thirds capped it at $83 per month. (laughs) That's less than a pizza per week for the family. And by the way, the number included 8% of Sanders supporters who said they wouldn't be willing to pay a friggin' dime. (laughs) But as General uh, writes, cheap socialists aren't the story here. Americans in general don't want to pay much of anything out of their own pockets for the stuff progressives constantly say America is demanding. Right. Yeah. All these these things poll well. Yeah. Getting it for free polls well. 
Asking you to pay for it does not poll well. Wow. You want to fight climate change? You know what? Okay. A Washington Post poll found 68% of Americans support taxing wealthy families to pay for fighting climate change. Yeah, good. But when asked if they would agree to pay an extra $2 a month on their electric bills... I'll let you guess where support was. Stay with us. Two oh, two dollars. I want to hear this. Two dollars. And we started the hour, Joe, laying out the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that's going on. The prosecutors have rested. Kyle Rittenhouse himself is on the stand right now. I got to believe that's some pretty dramatic testimony. Oh, we'll yeah. Let's roll tape on that we'll stuff. Bring any highlights of that on the way also. Roll digits or electrons on that. Mm. All that stuff on the way. Yes. But first, a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving our listeners 40% off their award winning home security. We love Simply Safe. It has everything you need to make your home or your business or your workshop safe, indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the moment you need it. Don't recoil in horror when I say you install it yourself. No, that's a good thing. First of all, you're not going to have to uh, set up an appointment and have somebody come to your house and be, you know, doing their thing in your home. You can set it up yourself easily. They often say 30 minutes is how long it'll take to set it up. And it is the best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News and World Report. You click around online to customize it to your home. It comes in. You set it up yourself. Typically, a whole system starts at just over 100 bucks. It is such a great system. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Save 40%. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Hurry this offer in soon. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So let me pay this off real quick, and then we got all sorts of good stuff to get to. But uh, So Washington Post found that 68% of Americans support taxing wealthy families, quote-unquote, to pay for fighting climate change. They really believe in it. Damn near 70%. But when asked if they'd pay an extra two bucks on their electric bills, support fell to less than 47%. Wow. $2. Same year. This uh, different poll asked people if they'd be willing to spend $10 more a month on their energy bills to fight climate change. Uh, about 70% said no, no way. $10. Wow. No, forget it. Wow, it's an existential <laughs> threat. It's going to kill us all. What about the children? But I won't pay $10 a month to combat it. I'll give you a dollar. Is that everything you need to know about issue polling? Yep. God dang it. And is that everything you need to know about the Build Back Venezuela bill? Yup. Fight it with everything you got, friends. Fight it. We got a lot more on the way. Uh, new numbers out on uh, personal debt for different age groups. Millennials got a lot of debt. I'll tell you that. Uh, among other things, again, Kyle Rittenhouse is on the stand now. Any highlights from that? We'll bring it to you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't remember the last time we had a high-profile case in this country where uh, somebody was on the stand defending themselves. A lot of times lawyers uh, don't recommend that or want that. Well, it's seen as an enormous gamble, the defendant taking the stand. Maybe this is just such an open-and-shut case. We're talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial that's going on right now. He's uh, He went as a child... To Kenosha, Wisconsin, when the George Floyd riots were happening all over the country to, in his mind, do what was uh, right and good and stand up for what is right and good. He brought Property a gun. rights, the rest of it. It's his dad's town, by the way. It's worth mentioning. Brought a gun with him. 
And uh, he's he's on the stand right now, and he's uh, he was just talking about how he had been watching television and saw. Remember the mattress store that got burned down? Do you remember that story? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and hearing from owners who were losing their properties and people were being beaten in the streets, and he felt like he needed to go do something about it. He also went there uh, with some uh, his sister and some other friends. Went to a school, spent an hour and a half the morning of the shootings. Uh, spent an hour and a half cleaning graffiti off a school wall because he was uh, trying to clean up the area. Pretty wholesome thing. Uh, anyway, so we've got a little clip of him on the stand right now. Kyle, where do you reside? Walworth County. How old are you? 18. On August 25th of 2020, did you come to downtown Kenosha to look for trouble? No. Would you have shot Joseph Rosenbaum if he hadn't chased you trying to take your firearm? Objection leading. I uh, sounds kind of leading. Would you? I'll get to it. And we will get to it. Coming up. Stay with us. <laughs> we'll have some highlights um, coming up later because it's going on right now. But earlier in the hour, we played the clip of the supposed star witness for the prosecution who got shot and is alive because two people died. They can't testify. The guy who got shot and who's alive who said, no, he didn't shoot me until I pointed a gun in his face. So that was the star witness for the prosecution. Anyway, more on that coming up later. You know about this. Now, a court has halted it, but if it does happen, starting January 4th, any business with more than 100 employees has to start enforcing... Vaccine mandates, or at least testing mandates, if you don't get vaccinated. And I assume you know all about this. This came out yesterday. Whistleblowers, this is from CBS News. Whistleblowers are going to pay, play a key role in enforcing the Biden vaccine ro- rule. Um, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, said it doesn't have nearly enough workplace safety inspectors to do the job. Well, of course not. You'd need several per workplace for every workplace of over 100 people in America. Well, I'm told they have a fraction of the folks they need for their usual make sure people aren't being set on fire or squished patrols. Our friend Craig, the healthcare guru, who is a lawyer who helps out companies, was telling us over the weekend about what a nightmare this regulation is going to be for companies to follow. It's 490 pages. It's not just everybody's got to get vaccinated or take a test, period. It's 490 pages. So your entire management team stand down from manufacturing, sales, promotions, customer relations. Time to spend the next week on compliance. 84 million employees fall under this mandate. That's a lot. So the government is going to rely on a core of informers. Again, this is CBS News reporting this. The government is going to rely on a core of informers to identify violations. Employees who will presumably be concerned enough to turn in their own employers if their co-workers go unvaccinated or fail to take their weekly tests and show they're virus-free. There's not an army of inspectors, OSHA said, to be sent out. I I don't know if they're trying to just announce without getting in trouble. Hey, look, uh, the president's new regulation, we ain't got the people to do this. There's no. no way we can do this. No. Unless coworkers start turning on their employees or each other, this ain't going to work. So that might be what OSHA's up to. Yeah, that's absolutely the plan. And, oh, how ugly is that going to turn? It's very Soviet, obviously. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm wondering if OSHA is not trying to point out to America without getting themselves in trouble with their own administration. This is undoable. Oh, yeah. I think there's an element of that in it. Sure. We can't pull this off. 
Right. We can't do what we're supposed to do before this. And now we're supposed to, I mean, because that, that's every large employer in America. Well, medium to large, 100 people. And, and Biden and company are trying as hard as they can to enact it under 100 people, too. So, yeah, it's, it's utterly unenforced. But I think you can look around your workplace if indeed you're at work or your virtual workplace if you're on Zoom or whatever. I think you can look around and we all know who the snitches are. We all know could name them. Karen and Karen, we could all name the people in our workplace. Michael! That, that would hey. happily call some sort of 1-800 number. 1-800, he's a bad American number, because they know I'm not pe- uh, getting my test regularly or <coughs> haven't gotten vaccinated or whatever. Hey, look at that. I got a fortune cookie. Let me open that. Mm, it says snitches get stitches, Michael. That's funny, isn't that? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Seriously, don't we all know who the co-worker is who's oh, yeah. likely to go turn on us? Oh, yeah. Old panty-wadded Paul. I'm looking around Pauline. right now. I can, I can trust him. I can trust her. I know I can trust her. She ain't going to say nothing. Her over there, she's mm. absolutely going to the boss. There's your snitch. There's the snitch. Yep. We know it. <sighs> well, and, and the, the pandemic as a pandemic is soon to be over anyway, as natural immunity and, immuni- and immunizations or, uh, you know, the shots combined. It's just it's going to be tapering off. How much debt millennials have compared to the rest of us? It's a lot. Uh, we need to re-mention the inflation numbers because they're at the highest in 30 years. Uh-oh. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.